This season of The Wedding Digest is brought to you by Wedbooker, the only place to find and book your dream wedding venue and suppliers online. Go to wedbooker.com. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Wedding Digest. Can you believe this is our second last episode for season two? It has seriously gone so fast. We really hope you have enjoyed the season so far. Of course, the podcast is free to listen to, but it's not free to produce. So if you have enjoyed listening to The Wedding Digest, we'd really love it if you could hit subscribers. That is what helps us continue doing what we do. And by we, I mean myself, Lucy, host and producer, and of course, the one with all the expert knowledge and advice, our wedding planner, Ali. Yes, we absolutely love pulling together content and chatting to incredible wedding suppliers, which we hope you guys find really useful. Speaking of which, this week on The Wedding Digest, we chat with another of Wedbooker's most in-demand wedding suppliers, George and Smee. Katie and Georgina are the co-founders of the Sydney-based creative events agency, and they specialize in wedding styling, planning, floristry, and concept design. They are seriously amazing. Now, I actually I actually yeah. missed this because I had a client's wedding on the day. Hallelujah for some weddings coming back. <laughs> but Luce got to chat to one half of George and Smee, Katie, and I can't wait to hear what she has to share. Oh, my gosh. She was so good. She opened up about the challenges uh, they've faced as an events business, of course, this year, but also how quickly things have changed in recent weeks with a, an abundance of new bookings. In fact, Katie says 2021 is shaping up to be their busiest year of weddings weddings ever, which makes me so excited. So what can we expect for 2021 in the way of weddings? Should you start planning and booking your 2021 wedding? If you haven't already, Katie shares all her tips and insights. Plus, Katie is also getting married herself next year. So has literally ridden the wave of emotions with so many other brides. She's actually such a joy to chat with. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay, well, a big welcome to the podcast to Katie, one half of the George and Smee team. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. So firstly, I guess, Katie, 2020, just no one expected. Uh, For you guys as wedding and event stylists, managers, producers, florists, you know, essentially everything to do with an event is what you're involved in. I mean, how much have you guys been affected? Yeah, God, I can't believe it's almost the end of 2020. Thank it, God. I know. <laughs> I, know. I feel bad wishing away time, but um, yeah, as long as 2021 feels positive. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy year. I think um, when we look back to March and just suddenly over a couple of weeks or even one week, we just had the phone ringing nonstop with cancellation after cancellation or postponing because we work in weddings and in corporate events. So in March is our big, busiest time, um, one of the busiest months of the year always. And mm. it was so sad that everything just suddenly got cancelled. And we had a big team at the time of which, sadly, some of them, um, well, but good fortune in a way, um, some of our team went on maternity leave or moved back overseas. Um, so we didn't have to let anyone go. But our team definitely shrunk, which was um, sad and we couldn't grow it again because there weren't any events happening. Yeah, it was definitely um, a huge, a huge pivoting chance for us. We really looked into things like whether we wanted to go into live streaming events 
And we did do a couple of, um, well, a few events in our studio space, actually. We hired it out for events, which is something that we've always wanted to do and we never got around to. So that was a positive. But in terms of um, coming up with the really kind of the technical side of virtual streaming, we realized that wasn't really something that we wanted to go into. For us, we, we, we love what we do and we are so passionate about it. And that is why that's what drives us. And so sadly, we realized that the virtual event world was not going to be our favorite thing, apart from obviously styling the backdrop. Hiring out our studio is a big thing. We started an online shop as well. We've actually surprisingly started to work on more parties. I think people, because they haven't been going overseas, people who would usually maybe not splash out for their parties um, like their birthdays or their engagements or um, baby showers, they've um, they've embraced the idea of actually, even though it's only potentially twenty people, making something really beautiful and um, and we've really enjoyed doing that. Just putting into detail into the tablescape and all those all those little bits that um, that usually maybe you lose out on if you're doing a massive event. And we've worked mm. on a few beautiful micro weddings, um, which was fun, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a shock to the system. Although interestingly, yeah. in the last month, it's suddenly gone wild again. And everyone's confidence seems to have gained. And it is so exciting and so much fun for us to you suddenly remember how much you love your job and what you do and how much you missed it. It's quite, it's quite interesting. Like that first day, you feel such a buzz to be back on an event and put something to back together again and have a big team. Between you and, and George, your partner, you have had 25 years experience in, in events. In the way of delivering events, even on a smaller scale, how have you had to rethink how you deliver on these events in this new COVID era? You know, we've had to keep very closely um, in line with all the restrictions and the rules and so that we can help all of our clients know what is legally, what they're legally allowed to do. Um, they, I mean, I, we generally find our clients are very on top of it as well. And so it's just kind of a joint effort into making sure that we're doing everything as safely as possible. We are safe and, and clean and hand sanitizers everywhere and everyone's socially distanced, making sure that when we do table layouts, um, whether it's a wedding and each table has to be a certain distance from the other um, and those rules change all the time or a certain number yeah. of people on the tables and those rules change all the time or seating for the ceremony or how far away the singer is from the um, from the guests at the ceremonies. Um, there are so many little rules that you just need to make sure you're on top of and you know people have opted for instead of a wishing well to do something online or you know not have a guest book to sharing the pen. I mean there are lots of, of funny little things that you just don't even think about um where we're trying to think on our feet and still think of you know great ways that you can that you can still have an amazing event yeah and absolutely and especially state by state they're they're all different yeah, so it's hard exactly. to keep on top of but have you noticed a bigger focus from couples and particularly uh, those of your couples who did decide to go through with a wedding albeit on a smaller scale mm-hmm. this year was there a bigger focus on say like the visual element or couples wanting something a little bit more bespoke in the way of builds or sort of non non traditional entertainment to to focus on something different other than the things that they couldn't do because of the restrictions like the dance floor or, yeah. or singing and stuff. I think um, definitely one advantage of having these smaller, more intimate weddings is that you do have a bit more budget to spend on things like styling potentially. So for the tablescapes, we've uh, been able to spend a bit more money maybe on the stationery, like the the name cards and the menus and the napkins and candles, like beautiful sculptural candles, which I think are probably a 
a big trend coming up. And they okay. they potentially, you know, could cost, if you've got a massive guest list, that could cost a little bit of money. But if you have only got um, a small, intimate, you know, 30-person wedding, then you can do things like that, which um, which make such beautiful table settings, but is maybe not possible for people, some people's budgets when they've got a large-scale wedding. Yeah. So, um, so there are things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's focus on 2021 and beyond then. Mm-hmm. Are your couples, have you noticed them feeling more optimistic that we will see life return to, I guess, normal in inverted commas, and mm-hmm. uh, we will start to see those wedding restrictions ease? Definitely. I mean, I actually feel at the time of talking, annoyingly, I think the last couple of days haven't been as positive, but we had a really good um, length of time with no community transmissions um, yeah. in New South Wales. That's and in Sydney. Yeah, 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 in New South, South Wales. Wales, exactly. And, um, and that was, I think you can notice the confidence in everyone that um, we get, you know, whether it's corporate or weddings, we, just, we get a lot more inquiries when people are feeling more confident. And to be honest, from November onwards, we have back-to-back weddings. So it's not even 2021, it's People from now on are just thinking, do you know what? I just want to do it. Everything's manageable. Everyone's finding it. I mean, there's not one person I know in the industry I've heard of who's got married since COVID and has regretted it. Like everybody still has an amazing day. So there there are lots of ways that you can still make it work. Oh, absolutely. Do you think some of the adaptations that uh, had to be made in 2020 will then carry through into 2021? For example, um, you know, the rise in sort of the micro or the mini wedding, uh, couples opting for those more intimate celebrations and then, say, having a party down the track. Have you noticed a sort of change in priorities? I think it's it's a hard one. I think there are kind of two camps. There's one where are desperate to just have a big party and they're, they're, they're maybe getting married now because they want to have a baby or they want to um, just do it and then have a, a big party next year and they still want that big party. But there are some yeah. people who are, um, who quite, I think, embrace the idea of having a small intimate wedding. They don't then have to, they don't maybe then have the budget for a big wedding and they don't have to invite loads of people who they probably don't see like distant family um, who they wouldn't really like to be at their wedding, but normally in normal situations, they'd have to invite them. Um, And this gives them the opportunity to actually have a good excuse to have a really beautiful intimate wedding. So I think that that might continue into next year. You'll have the people who, who will still go ahead because they actually want to have a small wedding and then you'll have um, people who are, who are going to opt for the big party and the, and they can't wait to do that. Well, as someone who, I mean, is already married, so I'm not <laughs> planning a wedding. I'm certainly so keen to be a guest at a wedding or I think everyone's really ready. I know. Um, I'm actually getting married in February. So I am. Um, oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> so I've, I've, we've had a hard decision. Um, we booked it before, like, ages ago thinking oh it'll be absolutely fine by by um a year on and and obviously there's a chance that it might not be but I've just come to the yeah conclusion that in the same way as I speak to all of our couples that um you can still have an amazing wedding regardless of of these rules but obviously I've got my fingers crossed that by next year things will improve. It must be so encouraging for your couples knowing that you're going through exactly the yeah. same thing as they are. I think it and is. And just having yeah. that empathy yeah to be able to relate and go look I get it I've had to postpone as well and yeah. it's frustrating and, and a little bit of the unknown as well. So, yeah and I think it's so funny you know like with this whole COVID thing as soon as someone says to you oh I think it'll be fine next year it's 
even though you know that person has no idea, it's so comforting when someone says it. So, so I think probably when I tell it to couples that I'm still going ahead, then in a similar kind of way, yeah, it probably is quite comforting to know that, that I've chosen to stick with it. The power of positive thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we should all do it. So, so then, Katie, for yourself then, what kind of changes have you had to make for your own wedding? Well, to be honest, I think <laughs> this is one of your other podcasts that when you work in weddings, it means that you can be really disorganized because you think you're going to be absolutely <laughs> fine. And then there's something that that like, exactly yeah, the exactly. Yeah. I heard her say that. And I'm exactly the same. I literally haven't done anything. And uh, partly that's a huge reason is because of the uncertainty. And I do know that I can organize events in very short space of time. But having said that, I do, I do need to book things in. Um, and I want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's exactly everything I would love. Uh, one thing was that we were just going to have casual um, kind of help yourself to food and, and eat it when you want. Um, and that obviously is a big thing that we might have to change if uh, the rules stay the same. So I'm trying to wait. I mean, the advantage we have is that I have all our furniture and everything that we need here. So if I do need to do sit down and dining, we can. Um just do that rather than have to book in supplies now because obviously supplies are getting so booked up for next year. And also, I mean, our venue, everyone's going to be there for a whole weekend. So it's from Friday night to Sunday. So trying to work out the logistics of no mingling and <laughs> be safe from for yeah. a whole weekend for like 100 guests. I'm not quite sure how we're going to do that. So I'm kind of just waiting because the rules change literally every week. I just think we might as well cross that bridge in um, in January or something. It, yeah, the wedding's in February. So I think in January, I'll decide we'll start making proper plans about how we're going to do everything safely. It's nice having that advantage because you do have access to everything exactly. at your fingertips, not having to worry about relying on suppliers or, exactly. or availability. Yeah. And that is scary. I think that's the big juggle that a lot of couples have is that you've got, um, there's so much uncertainty, but if you don't book supplies in now, you're going to lose out. And that's um, because everyone's getting so booked up. I mean, because we do the planning side as well, we are booking venues in for you know late next year. And so many venues are already booked up. Uh, yeah, I would suggest to anybody who's thinking about getting married next year to, to definitely start planning the key things now. So on that, is mm-hmm. 2021 due to, I guess, so many weddings from 2020 being postponed until next year, yeah. plus already the scheduled weddings that were booked in for 2021 prior to COVID hitting, plus all the new engagements that are <laughs> trying to get married next year. Is 2021 shaving up to be your busiest year for weddings? Yeah, for sure. For weddings and for corporate events. And yeah, we've got weddings, huge number of weddings coming up and also quite a few weekday weddings another thing I've noticed is there are more lunchtime weddings actually have have come in um so they're kind of all day weddings which are really fun and so we have some of them where we've got daytime weddings and then an evening wedding as well so it's going to be a big year (laughs) but I'm excited you you sometimes you sometimes have two weddings in one day yeah we do um we've got a big enough team and a big enough um yeah, we've definitely got the capacity. We don't do more than two, but we, I mean, we also hire out some stuff. So we've got a, yeah. a big hire collection. So people, we might be doing two weddings and a big hire or something, um, but that's generally yeah. the maximum. So would you say all your weekends are completely booked up for next year? No, we've got, uh, I was having a look um, 
in our calendar and we definitely do, we have a few gaps um that obviously winter is usually a bit quieter so that we have some gaps in winter and then just some random weekends um it's funny i think a lot of people did get engaged over covid time as well people obviously realized that they did really like hanging out with their one way or the other yeah, right? exactly um so we have got a surprising um yeah a lot of people have been inquiring over the last few months um so that kept us busy as well obviously during covid time when no events were happening we still had a lot of inquiries so um yeah for next year so i think they're still coming in quite thick and fast so we'll probably That's fill up pretty soon yeah. So have you had many requests? You, t- you touched on it just before. Have mm-hmm. you had many requests for weekday weddings because um, couples aren't able to get, you know, either the suppliers or venues on their chosen weekends? Yeah, exactly. I think mostly the reason they book weekend weekday weddings is because of um, the venue not being able to fit them anywhere, anywhere else. And also because if they know that their friends and family are flexible, then it, it does get che- is usually a cheaper rate, which, which it doesn't make a difference for lots of suppliers. Like for us, we're not a different rate at weekends or weekdays, but it, yeah, for venues, it can make a massive difference. So that's a big benefit of going for a weekday. Would you say that you've got more weekday weddings next year than what you have seen in previous years? Yeah, definitely. And what about winter weddings? I know you've got a few gaps over winter, but would you say that um, you've also seen an increase in the number of uh, weddings booked over that winter period where usually you'd have a bit of a lull? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, we're still pretty busy in win- next winter and def- and some years that is a quieter time. I think it's quite nicely balanced <laughs> now. We have, a, we have a lot going on. That's fantastic. It's so yeah. great. And I'm, I'm, it makes me so happy to know that obviously not only couples are, are feeling positive about booking and scheduling and planning mm. for their weddings for next year, but also that our wedding industry is starting to see the I work know. pick up again and build that confidence. So good. I mean, it's, it's funny because there's still that little part of probably all of us that is terrified of it all being taken away again. Um, yeah. And so we just have to, um, yeah, be positive. And, and I mean, now at least we all know that we're capable of getting through it. And that's quite a reassuring feeling. Are you looking for your wedding venue and suppliers? Do you want to have all your wedmen in one place? Need some convenient support from Ali, our wedding planning expert? Well, Wedbooker is your go-to, the only place to plan and book your wedding online. Visit wedbooker.com. So you mentioned it before as well. You said they've seen a, a more of an increased number in people that are looking to book lunchtime weddings mm-hmm. to um, daytime weddings. Is there any other trend that you've seen? I was thinking this the other day when COVID first hit, everyone said, oh, the world's going to change. Everything's going to be so different after this. And I have a feeling that well, from what I've seen so far from with all the inquiries for weddings and for corporate work, everyone just seems to be desperate to have a party and to get together and just do things as they were. Like, so I think wedding traditions are so ingrained in people that even if they do the odd thing a bit different, like they get entertainers in or, um, you know, do, rather than wear a dress, they now wear a jumpsuit or, you know, there are little touches which are definitely cool and different. Um, we've got a drag queen in a, in a wedding soon. Um, and, oh, and, you know, there are lots of bridesmaids, there are lots of manmaids. There are, you know, there are little touches which are changing, but I think um, none of that is to do with COVID. Yeah. It's kind of comforting though yeah, to know yeah. that. Right. The traditions will still withstand a global pandemic and people still, you know, want to go back to that. But as you say, those little tweaks 
changes, um, you know, they're fabulous as well. Yeah. Totally. All right. So let's focus on styling and floristry trends for 2021. Mm-hmm. You guys are, are the leaders when it comes to, I mean, you do absolutely everything. It's right from the planning, right from the get-go, mm. from the inception, all the way through to making it happen, producing the event, doing the florals, doing all the styling. You, you literally do everything. So <laughs> yeah. what do you guys predict that the trends will be in the way of styling and floristry as two of the biggest things for for 2021, Mm. whether that be what couples are asking for or whether it's what you guys as creatives foresee being like the biggest trends for next year? It's always hard to predict and we kind of move along along the way. I do think that I guess in, in relation to COVID a bit is that people on one side, I think they're fed up of, of sticking to rules and they'll just want like a rule-breaking, extravagant wedding where they, they yeah. avoid, uh, obey the rules all year and now they just want things <laughs> their way. And I think there's going to be some pretty big, fun parties going ahead. Um, yeah. I think floristry-wise, I feel like the dried look that has been popular over the last couple of years, I think people will probably want to steer into another direction it's still beautiful and there are still great touches of that um but i think people might opt for more fresh flowers and greenery and that might be that they have we've had we've had quite a few requests for having actual plant pots um on tables rather than flower arrangements so that they can be kept and they're sustainable um there's mm. a there was a huge trend towards uh well, there actually still is a big trend towards dyed and spray painted flowers and, and different colors. And I and we definitely still do a lot of that. But I'm just wondering whether into the future that isn't the best sustainability thing and which everyone's much more conscious of. So um, whether that is eased a little bit, um, I think uh, color and wild flowers is becoming popular. Um, also for in terms of like table styling, there are some beautiful sculptural vases and different shapes and sizes um, of ceramic mm. vases that you can get. And just having a simple vase with some gorgeous flowers on mass in a kind of sculptural shape, I think that's a really cool and simple and effective way to make um, a really standout tablescape. So those are probably things, like I said earlier, candles is, um, I think the, the use of candles is can be much stronger than usual where, where people might just put some tea lights down on the tables. You can, whether it's beautiful, elegant, thin, skinny, like um, tapered candles in the holders or whether it's, there are some really cool, I don't know if you've seen, but candles with ribs on them or um, they're just yes. like a shell um, and they burn. I've, I've noticed that on Instagram, yeah. on my Instagram feed, all these beautiful sculptured candles exactly. are popping up and I'm, I'm all about it. I think yeah, they're so cool. Really cool. And then like, you know, little things like um, using different materials and textures on the table. So layering fabrics and putting marble or sandstone or concrete blocks um, on the, the tables to, as your the base of the candle or as um, on each on each place using a different kind of material for with your beautiful napkins and then having a gorgeous name design, like a bespoke design rather than a standard rectangle name card designing yeah, by one of our designers or some other um, designer some really gorgeous name cards with their their menus that can also make a really unique tablescape I think. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, that sounds that sounds divine. Okay, so Katie, finally, um, mm-hmm. what would be your tips or your top tips for couples who are just beginning their wedding planning journey? Uh, I would say if they 
have any questions or need help, then definitely get in touch with us. We um, we love to have a chat and to to find out how we can help you. Um, I think there are some people who get really excited by planning a wedding and mm. they're really passionate about it and they have some time. And then I would say absolutely try and do the planning part yourself. Um, and then you can reach out to all the different suppliers and get their expert advice. But if it's a little bit daunting or um, and you don't and you have a bit of a budget, then definitely get in touch with a planner. It makes your life oh, yeah. so much easier, um, and they I really don't realize how quickly the budgets can blow out. Oh, and exactly. also, just in terms of dealing with suppliers and and finding um, or, or sourcing quotes, and especially if you if you're unaware of what something is supposed mm. to cost, having a wedding planner who has the knowledge who deals with suppliers on a daily basis can give you the totally. idea. Of, um, I think it must yeah. be so daunting. I mean, I I can't imagine organising it. I mean, I I feel like I have a massive list of to dos for mine, and I know exactly what I'm doing. I think if I was going in in it with with no clue, I would find it incredibly overwhelming. Um, and it's like you yeah. say, you have no idea how much things cost and you feel a bit stupid if you get in touch with someone and you, and then you realize that what you've, when they ask you for a budget and you have no idea what to even yeah. say. Um, I definitely think that's, and, and one thing that can help with um, budgeting, I think, is if you sit down with your partner and you work out what we find really useful, which we do with our couples is, is get them to talk about their wedding that they dream of, both of them. And you might find that sometimes they have quite different ideas of what their different priorities are. And to really pick about three non-negotiables of what they absolutely want to make the, the best bits and which they are happy to spend money on. And then when something else comes up, which is maybe less of a priority, then you have to be okay to not spend the top dollar on it. Um, and that probably helps helps people work out how to how to spend that budget which is usually has a finite top limit oh totally yeah and also i think maybe also just try and enjoy the process there are definitely um people couples you know can have arguments over it and it's it should be a fun light-hearted thing try not to get too many people involved in the process and um and just have a few people whose advice you really value and don't Absolutely. listen to too many people. I agree. I, I We've heard from quite a few of our guests on the podcast and mm. a lot of them have had employed wedding planners slash stylists to help them out. And, and most of them have the mentality like you know your own strengths. Yeah. So whatever you enjoy, whatever you're good at, then focus on that and then exactly. outsource to exactly. someone else. And therefore you do find that you enjoy the process better because you're you're ensuring that someone else is doing something that you completely trust oh, that they can yeah. they can do. Yeah. It makes uh, and you difference. just get to enjoy yeah, the process rather than fumbling through it. Yeah, exactly. And if couples are, um, say, just engaged or have postponed their wedding, haven't booked in anything just mm-hmm. yet, but do want to plan and book and have their wedding next year, what would your advice be? <laughs> To get in touch with us. Sooner rather than later. Yeah, I definitely think, um, yeah, send us an email or someone, or, yeah, obviously I would say us, but um, definitely start planning now or be okay with the fact that you might not have your wedding until 2022. If if you've got a, um, there are a number of supplies that you know that you want, then you might need to 
wait until the next year. Having said that, I'm sure there are lots of um, people who are available still next year, but yeah. get, just get in there fast. Because also once you've booked in those things, it, you can relax and, and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Get started. <laughs> yeah, and also people like a lot of um, of suppliers are very happy to give you advice and to and to help you. So just get in touch and you know get in touch with us or, or with other suppliers and ask and ask some questions because um, yeah. we don't we don't we really don't expect you to be wedding experts and we're happy to help. Perfect. And of course, we'll have contacts for George and Smee on our Instagram page and also on Wedbooker as well. We love what you do. So glad you've gotten through what has been an incredibly challenging nine plus months, but certainly yeah. to the end of this year, it's looking far more positive. So we're excited Definitely. for some incredible events. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. It was so lovely. And I really enjoy your podcast. So, um, oh, so well thank done. You. It's, it's great. <laughs> Thanks so much. See you. Bye. Well, we hope you enjoyed the chat with Katie. It was just so nice to hear some positivity and confidence is starting to resurge again in the wedding industry. We have everything crossed that 2021 will be the year of the wedding boom, which we all want so much. Yes, please. And you can find George and me at wedbooker.com. They do everything from planning to styling, furniture hire and floristry. They are wizards at events and weddings. So make sure you check them out and run, don't walk because they are quickly booking out for 2021. And of course, if you want any more advice on planning and booking your big day next year and beyond, you can always reach out to me by wedbooker.com or send me a DM on Wedbooker's socials. And once again, if you're enjoying our podcast, we'd be eternally grateful if you could show us some love by subscribing. It also means you won't miss an episode. So we'll be back next week for our final episode of season two. For any 2021 brides and grooms, this is one you don't want to miss. Can't wait to chat to you then. Thanks for listening to The Wedding Digest. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you love what you hear, feel free to leave us a review. If you want to find out more about any of our featured guests or suppliers mentioned, just head to wedbooker.com. You'll find a detailed blog post on each episode.